all my friends started playing in fifth grade and I didn't I didn't want to play I don't know why I didn't want to play I don't think it's because nobody really in my family played volleyball. We were really a big basketball family. The voice of Saluki Volleyball's redshirt senior middle hitter, Emma Ballman, here on the Saluki Standards podcast this week. A little preview of her story and how she got into the game and uh, more to come on this episode. I'm your host, Connor Onion. Good to be back with you and uh, good to have volleyball back. We missed it in the fall. SIU started their winter slash spring season last weekend against Memphis, split their two matches, and they'll be back home this weekend. Missouri State will be at Davies Gym at 1 o'clock. We'll broadcast it on ESPN3, and uh, SIU will start Missouri Valley Conference play. Before we get into Emma's story and this interview, we remind you McAllister's is the official healthy choice option of Saluki Athletics. And uh, consider your last-minute meetings, get-togethers, and celebrations handled because McAllister's brings their best to every event. From delivery and setup to big appetites and the small details, McAllister's has you covered. Go to McAllister'sDeli.com backslash catering, and let's stay connected. Well, Emma Ballman, 22 kills in two matches over the weekend. That leads SIU through two matches. She also had one of the most efficient hitting percentages in the Missouri Valley Conference last season. She was sixth in the conference in hitting percentage. Off to a good start, and she's our guest this week, Emma Ballman, on the Saluki Standards Podcast. Can't wait to have you guys back at home, too. I know it'll be a little bit different not having the full Davies crazies. What do you think it's going to be like with a, a little bit tamer of an atmosphere in there this weekend? I don't know. Our bench did pretty good this last weekend. So I'm kind of excited what they're going to bring for our first home game. Yeah. I'm sure the noise will still echo in there as it, <laughs> as it often does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, with two under your belt, finally getting out there back, uh, back out there last weekend, how did it feel to, uh, to be back on the court for the first time in 14 months in a real match? You know, I kind of thought the nerves were going to be a little crazy, but I actually went out and I felt pretty calm and chill. And uh, it was actually exciting to get this last hoorah on on the run. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's wild. I mean, you, you redshirted your first year, and then uh, you know you've had coaching changes, you've had COVID. I mean, you've you've had probably one of the more notable <laughs> careers of a Saluki volleyball player of all time, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Coach brought it up the other day. He was like, you're not going to see much as, as Lindsay and Emma has seen in the last five years. Three different coaches, three different head coaches, let alone all the assistant coaches. I mean, that's a lot of philosophies I had to learn. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, you've, uh, you, you've dealt with all that change, and you've seen a lot, obviously, but what's unique about this year's team in your mind? You know, I said after the first week of preseason, after being here for five years, I haven't felt the gym like this since freshman year. I don't know. Something just feels different. Everybody wants to be there. It's super competitive practices. And I'm excited what we have, what we have to bring this year. What do you think's led to some of that cohesion and uh, excitement to be there? You know, I don't, I'm not sure. Like I said, it just, there's something in the air at Davies right now that just feels right. And I'm excited to see what, what it brings. For sure. Is it weird to be playing volleyball at this time of year? Usually you're about to head into, you know, spring training and stuff like that, but 
you're about to get into Missouri Valley matches that really matter in January, something you've never done before. Yes. I actually planned out my class schedule to where I'd have all my easy classes or easier classes in the fall and planned on saving all my hard classes for the spring, but that kind of backfired on me. So <laughs> we're going to have to do some extra studying time during the season where usually I, I, uh, really kind of focus on volleyball or try to focus on volleyball. So it went all easy to all hard. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extra classes trying to finish in May. <laughs> well, what was it like in the fall? Uh, you know, that's typically the time that you guys are playing and it was just training this fall. So what was it like to kind of be waiting around for this time of the year? I'm not going to lie. It was a challenge having practice after practice with no real, like, we had scrimmages on the weekends, but like no outside competition. So it was definitely a grind, but I really think that as a team, we took that full stride and really improved a lot. And it shows coming back for the first week of preseason, I could really see a difference in the team. Yeah. How much do you think uh, a little extra time to prepare did help? I mean, is it, is it almost better now that you had that time? So when you look back on it, I would say yes. Now that we had those few extra months to prepare since our team, we had what, four freshmen, I think four or five freshmen playing this weekend at some point. And I feel like having those few months in the fall really helped them prepare for the spring season. Who's most impressed you out of that group? I don't know. They each like every Tatum's killing it on the outside. And then we got, Ryan serving up aces and then McKenzie's digging up all these balls and Monty's killing it in the middle. You know, they all take positions or each one of them in their positions is really doing great. Yeah. I asked you to pick a favorite, but, um, that's no, that's a great answer. If, if there are multiple <laughs> that are impressing you, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for you, I mean, you come out and I mean, you killed it in the first weekend, uh, literally 10 kills and then 12 kills. You're, you're leading the team through two matches. Uh, you know, what improvement have you seen in, in your net game up front in uh, the last year or so here? Definitely. I've become more comfortable going off one foot on the slides last season. I'd always try to go off one foot and I ended up going off two. I don't know why or how that happened, but uh, I definitely feel more comfortable going on the D's and hitting the line when I have it or banging in the seam when that's open as well. Is there something that uh, kind of opened up or improved for you physically that's, that's allowed you to uh, jump off one foot and be a little bit more ex explosive now? I feel like it's just, you know, fifth year of experience. It finally clicked. <laughs> and finding that rhythm with Rachel has really helped as well. Yeah, I was going to ask. We worked a lot on of it in the, in the fall too. I was going to ask you about that. You know, you've, uh, you obviously had a um, close relationship with Elena Martin throughout a lot of your career and her and Rachel were in the two setter system last year. So you, mm -hmm. you got sets from both of them. I mean, what's it been like uh, not having Elena with you, a player that you had your entire career there? Don't bring the tears, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> She was Snapchatting me after the first game and she's like, I miss it out there. I'm like, I miss having you out there. It was just, it was kind of a, an awe moment. We're like, you know, this is it. Let's go all out here. What's so when, when you have two setters versus one setter, how does that change things for a middle? Well, when you have one setter, you have a few rotations where there's three hitters 
and a few rotations when there's only two hitters. And so in the two hitter rotations, you're really trying to spread the floor. So you can leave one-on-one -on -one blocks for either the outside or the middle. Um, with that three hitter situation, it's really trying to pull the middle in and I guess leaving the pins all one-on-one -on -one again. I don't know. <laughs> Just working with Rachel now. Um, I mean, how long has it taken for you guys to, to get connected and kind of sure some things up with the one setter system? I would definitely say awful. That's how long it took us. <laughs> uh, at the end of fall, you know, it really put us in a good situation coming into the spring and Rachel is really gone above and beyond to find that rhythm with each and every hitter. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do. Was there a moment in training where you were like, okay, we got this now. We, we got yeah. this thing down. <laughs> yes. I, I would say in the preseason, I was like, all right, the D's let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you've also earned the role over the past couple of years as the team's serving middle. You've gotten a chance to, to go back there and serve quite a bit. Uh, how did you develop kind of that, that tough line drive, driving serve that goes to the back row? And we've seen <laughs> tie some, tie some back row players up every once in a while. Well, we do this drill called rapid fire and you literally just fire balls at a passer for like a minute each rotation and coach, you know, he's getting a little on the elderly side. So his back cramps up a bit <laughs> and, uh, me and Lindsay have to step in and do some serving for him. So I definitely think that rapid fire drill has uh, helped me work out the, the kinks and find a rhythm and service line. Coach Allen's back is cramping up on him. Well, I don't know. You know, he's give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's faking it just so you guys get more time to oh, fire yeah. some of I'll, those I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Oh, okay. All You're right. a faker coach. That's yeah. what I tell him. <laughs> right. right. I mean, is that something that you always felt you had the capability of doing or, or is it something that kind of hits you in the last year or two here? No, I've definitely had to work on it. I can remember a few years ago staying after practice a lot to try to find the rhythm at the toss and consistency of, of being able to get a hard serve and consistently get it in. But I can remember at the beginning of last year, uh, I'd always rush back to the service line and I have a lot of errors, of course. And I can remember Shelly telling me, I'm going to take your time. Just walk back there. Nobody's making you get back to the line. And, like, I really do think that's made a huge difference for me from the service line. Are you still consciously slowing yourself down when you go back I, there? Yes. If you can tell, I basically go to every player and tell them what defense we're in and then walk back to the line, <laughs> take a deep breath. Yeah. What have your teammates said about, how hard your serve is to return. Have they given you any <laughs> feedback? They, um, when we do passing in, uh, in practice, I can always tell when I go to the service line and I look at who I'm going to serve at, they're always like, Oh, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so they're starting to dread it. Yeah. Just a little bit, you know, but Margarita, she's coming back. Like she can throw darts. Like it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, looking, looking ahead to, to this weekend with Missouri state. I know these have, these have always been tough matches in your time here. Uh, what do you expect in your first Valley match this weekend? Well, we know that Missouri State's going to be throwing the ball around, finding different shots on the floor. But we've been working our defense to defend those. And they're an outside-driven team, so we got to stay deep in the corners and make sure we dig up those balls. And uh, we're going to really work in the middle and trying to 
hold the blockers and leave one-on-one -on -one for our outsides to dominate. So I'm excited to see what they have to, what we, what we're going to do and see what we could do to bring it against them. I noticed you, you didn't say the, uh, the middles are going to dominate. You were deferring to the outsides, huh? Oh yeah. I got to do, it's not all one person, you know, it's a team, right? <laughs> I you'll hold sneak. that block. It's and they get the outsides get the kill. I don't know. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> point you'll to sneak, point. You'll sneak attack them in the middle then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when the outsides start dominating, then it goes back to the middle. It's just flip flop the entire game. Right. Right. Quick break from our conversation with Emma Ballman. Bud Light has created a seltzer so satisfying it will leave your taste buds going wild. Bud Light Seltzer is the official seltzer of Saluki Athletics. Now back to Saluki Volleyball's Emma Ballman on the Saluki Standards Podcast. Well, I want to get into to your background a little bit, too. Um, take me back to, like, childhood and stuff like that where um, you started playing volleyball. When did you pick up a volleyball for the first time? Um, I believe it was sixth grade. All my friends started playing in fifth grade, and I didn't, I didn't want to play. I don't know why I didn't want to play. I don't think it's because nobody really in my family played volleyball. We were really a big basketball family. And then when I realized all my friends were playing volleyball and I was the only one not playing, I was like, all right, let's see what I see what I can do. So then sixth grade year, I started playing volleyball for a little Catholic school league team. <laughs> and then eighth grade, seventh grade year, I think we went to the class A Illinois state championship. So really all the small schools. <laughs> And then I never did play club. I tried out one time, but then the schedule wouldn't work with my basketball and softball schedule. Um, played throughout high school. We only made it to the sectionals, I believe. And that was about my volleyball career up till Southern Illinois. <laughs> Nothing too special. I mean, when did you realize it was going to be something long-term and not just something you, you happened to do? and a Catholic league in grade school. I don't know when that really hit. Cause I didn't really decide I was going to go play at Southern Illinois till late my senior year. So, and I didn't really get, cause I didn't play club. I didn't really get exposed to different situations. So I kind of sent out an email to some coaches and Southern Illinois was really the only place that replied. So I went to a camp and they're like, we'd be more than happy to have you. So I walked on. And here I am playing my fifth year. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> did you think that it would be a five-year journey for you? I mean, did you, did you think you'd make it this far? Definitely not. Like, freshman year not playing wasn't, like, the most fun season I've had. But looking back, I'm gl definitely glad I had a redshirt season to play an extra year under Coach Allen. I mean, whether it was, you know, grade school or high school or – maybe even rediscovering this in college, when did it become clear to you that you were pretty talented? I don't even, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Cause there's some heck of a good players out there. And I feel like I still have, if I had more years to come, I'd still have a long way to go. That's uh that's, that's a very humble answer. First of all, <laughs> um, and, and a great answer. Um, but I mean, you had to have some idea in high school, right? Like that, you know, you were better than some of your competition and that you were going to, you know, maybe get a chance to play in college. 
I guess, but I kind of felt that more with more with basketball, but I knew I didn't want to play basketball at all. I don't know if it's because I played it since day one and I was just kind of tired of it. But um, volleyball, I, I never quite felt like the comfortability that I had. So I always felt like I knew I needed to find that volleyball knowledge really more than anything. And I guess this last, last few years, I felt more comfortable out on the court and I felt like I knew it was knew what needed to be done and how to get it done. So how many basketball schools reached out to you or how many schools that wanted you to play basketball reached out about playing in college? Um, I don't know, maybe four or so. I, don't, I can't remember. My coach kept basketball coach kept telling me, I'm like, I'm not going to play. I don't, you don't have to tell me I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so Looking back, I really, I really miss basketball and I really miss softball, but I don't think I would have gone another route how close were you to maybe considering softball in college? No, I'm telling you, like, I don't know what it was volleyball. I just felt like I maybe needed something to prove at volleyball. And I knew that I had a long, long road ahead of me there. So. Sure. Yeah. You mentioned the long road. I mean, what was the the toughest part of the journey to, to get to a division one, division one school to play volleyball and then get to the point that you're at now as a contributing fifth year senior. I can remember a specific moment in uh, conditioning when we had to run hills one day. And this was at the beginning of my sophomore year, I think. And I was like, this isn't, I, I'm not doing this. This isn't worth it. There's no way. And then one of the upperclassmen was like, Emma, stick with it. Like, keep going. And ever since then, I haven't looked back and let's, let's take this last ride for all it's got. Have you, I mean, have you had moments like that since where the conditioning is just so, so overwhelming where you're like, oh man. No, I have not. Ever since then, everything's been like, keep looking forward. So. Yeah. Um, when, uh, I mean, when you were growing up, um, what influence did your parents have on you and what you pursued and some of the successes that you had? My parents have always told me it's up to me. It's, but they want to want me to be pushed, you know, like I wasn't too sure I wanted to go to school and play any sport. And my mom was like, you need to at least attempt it. Like there's people out there that, that want you there. And I don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. And that first, after my first semester here at Carbondale, I went back for Christmas break and I told her, thank you. Thank you so much for pushing me to, do something I wasn't comfortable with and step out of, step out of that comfort zone and see what I have, see my abilities. And I really do appreciate her pushing me to my fullest, I guess is the way to put it. And her pushing me now to go to wash you and see what I can do at the number one PT school. So I, I have a lot to thank for my mom and my dad. Did your mom play back in the day? My mom played basketball. I don't know about, I think she played basketball and softball in high school. And my dad played basketball and I think he just played basketball in high school, but I don't think either of them played at the college level. What have they told you about their glory days? <laughs> uh, my mom says she was a stud, of course. <laughs> Uh, my dad tells me about his coaching experiences because he coached my brother a lot and I'm so glad he did not coach my basketball career because my brother got woo. 
<laughs> he got ripped a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> what feedback do they give you now? Um, they don't really know much about volleyball. So it's like, it looks like you had a great game, like good kill. I'm like, thanks, but I need to work on this, this, and this, <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember when I came down to camp for my fresh or before I decided I was going to go to SIU under Justin Ingram. And, uh, I told my dad, I'm like, I don't know, those girls are really good. And my dad's like, Emma, you can do it, you know, a few years practice and you'll be ready. I'm like, thanks dad. So. As he checked back in and said, told you. <laughs> Probably after watching this, he'll be like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, is it just, so is it just you and your brother? Yeah. You other siblings. I, I have you. one, one older brother and they, I currently have a niece, Kate, and there's another baby coming on the way in May. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> wow. Congrats. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm sure you'll be a great aunt. Oh, Kate loves me and I love Kate. So it's going to be a good journey <laughs> with, uh, with growing up with your brother. I mean, how did, uh, how did he kind of shape your sports experience? He was a hard worker. That's for sure. He played basketball under a very, um, persistent coach, I guess is a way to put it. And he expected a lot from their work ethics. And when he wasn't playing baseball, he was weightlifting and running and playing basketball and other positions. And I watching him work out at home and put in all that effort out in the basketball court really showed me that hard work can, can go a long way. What was but the also at home? He tortured me a lot too. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess he made me a tough skin person too. <laughs> How did he torture you? I'm curious. Oh, uh, we were home alone a lot. And so just picture a, a brother four years older than you picking on his little sister, the typical stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess he I always cheated at the board games, always cheated. Oh, really? He was hiding yeah. pieces under the. Yep. And ping pong. He always won. I'm telling you, he cheated every time. <laughs> <laughs> he never let you have one. No, he was so mean. <laughs> oh man. That, that frees my conscience a little bit. Cause, uh, I have a younger brother and every, every once in a while I would give him one. I'm, I'm, I'm no, surprised my brother, brother never gave me one. No. Nope. And then you go, Emma, let's play catch. And he like fires the ball right at my face. Huh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to play catch with you. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Well, that, uh, that built some character when you got into those conditioning moments, probably. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought about my brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, well back in October, uh, you got some exciting news. I saw the video from Dr. Phil Anton. Uh, he came to practice with some flowers and some balloons and made a little speech out in front of the team. Uh, congratulations on getting into the number one PT school in the country, WashU. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Anton was a little bit extra there, like usual with his speeches and balloons, but it, it really, I really appreciated what he did and making me feel a little extra special that day. <laughs> did you know where that was headed? No, I had no idea. I thought like for some reason he bought me flowers and balloons, but then he's like, from your mom and dad. I was like, Oh, and like a little tear fell. And I was like, so, oh. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so was that how you found out or did you No. <laughs> you that would have been really cool if I didn't know, but I was sitting at home and I was shopping on Amazon. Cause I think it was like Amazon deal day or something like that. And I got a phone call from a random number and I was like, not answering that one. And then I realized they left me a voicemail and I listened to it and I just like, 
home alone and I had like a dance party for like an hour straight in my apartment. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get off that high. I was, I was loving it. Oh, that's an amazing image. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for people who are listening and maybe aren't as familiar with the, the PT school route and stuff like that. So what, what about the experience at WashU makes that the premier destination for um, people that want to go into your profession? Uh, it's their teaching method. So like, I don't, they do mix in the clinicals in different ways and their different uh, classroom experiences that set them apart from other uh, universities. And it's like a three-year program. And I mean, and then the first, within the first semester, you're doing some sort of clinical work, which I find pretty interesting, you know, gets, throws us right in there and gets us hands-on experience. So you'll start in August, uh, you know, after you graduate from Southern, after you finish out your senior season, uh, what's the day-to-day going to be like when you get into PT school? Um, one of my, uh, friend, old friends that I played with in high school actually just graduated from there. And she's like, basically that first semester you're there from like seven to five and then you might have study sessions afterwards. So I'm like, all right, you know, kind of used to that though with volleyball, you know, every day in and out. So how did, uh, I mean, how did SIU prepare you for, you know, the, the big course load you're going to take on, the long hours, some weird hours. Uh, how, did, how did SIU get you ready for that? Uh, definitely volleyball had a big, I think it's going to be a big part of, because I've learned time management and preparation, you know, always like prepare for the worst and stuff like that. And um, even if you don't think something happens, always have a backup plan, have a plan B, have a plan C. So I feel like volleyball, it set set the tone and it's taught me what I need to do to be ready for WashU. Uh, in your major exercise science, best class you've taken at Southern, what is it? Oh, team building with Tony. That class is fun. And I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend to all SIU students. <laughs> Some transferable skills to volleyball, I bet. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, what in the world are we doing? Like one day he set out mouse traps. <laughs> Live mousetraps. I'm not kidding. And then he put a marble on the floor and you had to tell one of your, like he was blindfolded and you had to walk them through the mousetrap course to pick up a marble. I was like, this is crazy. Did anybody get trapped? (laughs) One person did. Yep. But we had shoes on. So thank God. He he told us, yeah, no blood. He told us a story about how he had the U S hockey team do it one time, but they used rat traps. And instead of a marble, it was their meal ticket. And if they didn't get their meal ticket, they couldn't eat lunch. So (laughs) Wow. Yes. Man. You get a chance to talk to Tony. Go talk to Tony. Mm, starving the hockey players. That's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Um what uh I mean what sparked your interest originally in you know pursuing exercise science and then heading toward PT? Uh I came in radiological sciences, but went on a few job shadows and was like, yeah, this isn't really one I want to do. Like you don't really get the patient connection there. And after that, I went and observed a PT and I really liked how they built a connection with their patients. And like, there was a few people that came in for like, just like they were older and they just needed strength help with everyday activities. 
and they would talk about their grandchildren talk about what they did that week. And then I was like, you know what? I want to be able to help a person achieve what they, their daily goal is and stuff like that. And I think strong survivors having that experience also showed me like, you know, this is really what I want to do with my life. So what's the most inspiring story or, um, anecdote that you have from working in the, the strong survivors program? I mean, these people come in with a smile on their face, literally every time they come into strong survivors, no matter what happened the week before, uh, and just seeing their positive, positive attitude and their work ethic, every, every session really, even though they have this such positive attitude, even though they've gone through some things that like we can't even imagine going through and it really shows that even though you're in the darkest times, you know, a smile can always brighten up your day. And, and for listeners who haven't heard of strong survivors, you're working with cancer survivors, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We have cancer survivors and their caregivers can come in into Davies, which I also is like Davies is like basically my second home. So they come into the rehab lab and we have exercise equipment in there and we basically take them through a full body workout, probably now with COVID regulations, it's once a week, but usually try to get in there two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's experience that's helping you toward what you're going to do with your life in PT. But um, I mean, how much does it make you light up when you see some of the success stories with the people you've worked with and, and impacted directly? Yeah. Um, usually in the first two sessions, you sit down, you talk about what kind of goals they're looking for and I can remember with my first participant, she really wanted to be able, she loves to go hiking. So we worked a lot on balance and uh, ankle stability and stuff like that. And the first few sessions and weeks are her balance wasn't the best, but by the time we ended, she, I had her walking on different balance things and squatting on balance things. And I was like, you did it. Like, where? look at this. This is a huge improvement. It's so exciting to see them grow like that. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I'm sure it means a ton when they get to, you know, the, the survivors get to come to the game and watch you play yes. decked out in their yellow t-shirts. Yes. I love that game. That's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Especially what last season, one of the participants won a free pizza or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> During the, wasn't it the, the serve game between, between. I think you had to hit a pizza box or something and you yeah. got free pizza. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, I told you earlier, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't bring out the, the waterworks or anything when we were talking about Elena, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure we're going to get to talk hopefully several times before you graduate, but just looking ahead, what are you going to miss about your time at SIU? Ah, the team, you know, just having that automatic family and sisterhood with everybody. Yeah. I basically have 18 sisters right now and it's such a great great thing to know that I have people to fall back on and I'm here for them and I'm going to miss like the competitiveness of everyday practice. I think that's going to be really scary as I'm going to leave the competitive volleyball world, you know, hopefully I can find it in a sand court or intramural somewhere else, but uh, having that family and competitive drive is going to be a scary thing to leave. Yeah. Have, have you already checked that out at Wash U? Are there, are there sand courts? Elena brought up, she's like, St. Louis has a different volleyball leagues and she has two other friends. So Haley played at Alabama and then Megan played at Georgia. And if we all combined for one, one team, that would, that'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. You, you say scary. That'll be a scary team. (laughs) Man. 
We uh we might need to get our ESPN three crew out there. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Alumni league. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on all your success so far, and um, you're obviously going to make a great impact in the world. Um, and can't wait to uh, hopefully see you guys win several matches at Davies starting this Saturday at one o'clock. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Thanks for the time, Emma. Thank you, Connor. That's Emma Ballman, senior middle hitter for SIU Volleyball here on the Saluki Standards Podcast.